0: and it's going to be cheesy, but comment, like, subscribe.
1: I am not enough of an authority of this, I don't think, to really speak to it in any useful way. My guess is that the people you've already talked to are probably more nuanced about it than I
0: am. We, the answer could be, Otessa, go back and do your homework there. I um, I don't know. I
1: don't... I haven't personally experienced an example where it works really well mm-hmm. so I don't know that I'm able to speak to it with any sense of uh yeah authority to it that is
0: an answer <laughs> that is a perfectly good answer and, that, and, and no I don't you. know what I don't know and I don't know about that a whole lot no and like seriously one of the most important things is like being able to say you know what like I don't know but there are places you can go find out. Go, go seek them out. Oh, yeah. People who are way smarter than me have talked about this way better, I'm sure. You are incredibly smart. Like, <laughs> please don't neg yourself.
1: Oh, no, no. I am totally yeah.
0: capable of being
1: super smart and also acknowledging that there are experts out there. But are... it's
0: hard to say, I don't know. Yeah, it but is. Like, yeah. But it's very helpful. Um, okay, so moving on. We talked a bit about what I'm gonna call actual self-care versus hashtag self-care and oh, yeah. how freaking annoying it is. And how you, you hear the word and there's certain, there are almost like certain buzzwords that we can hear, and immediately we're like, nope, out of here, running. Otherwise, yes. where are the exits? For you, do you have any like self-care triggers? Is it the commodification? What is actual self-care? Are you still figuring it out?
1: My self-care is in such an intense place of transition right now. I am someone who, in the past, my self-care has very easily turned into Mm self-medication. Or, like, the one day of hanging out on the couch and watching TV, which can be restorative and lovely, would turn into, like, five days. And then I would get depressed and unshowered, and I wouldn't talk to anyone and whatever. I was isolating, right? All of these tools, quote, unquote, that I had spent most of my life using to soothe no longer soothe me because because of just how different my brain is now. So Mm -hmm. a perfect example is food, right? Mm -hmm. Food has been my thing. Specifically desserts give me all of the sugar, preferably in an IV. Uh, (laughs) Thank you. And... Kind of the way that my husband and I have established our love language is that him going out and getting me takeout dessert and bringing it home is like a special caring treat thing, right? I want to point out that this was happening like four times a week for years to Mm -hmm. give you an idea of, of how often I was grasping at this to plug a hole. It's only been probably in the last four months or so that I was like, hey, I'm having a really shitty day. Can you please get dessert? And he was like, of course. He goes and gets dessert and he brings it home. And I realized that all of the desserts were going uneaten. Hmm. That it was this symbolic ritual act of knowing that someone would say, hey, you've had such a bad day that I'm going to go out and do this thing for you. Versus actually eating the dessert. Yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So like I am currently trying I'm I'm remeeting myself and I'm trying to learn like what this this current version of me, what feels good to me. I live in a state where marijuana is recreational and legal and I was overusing it for a really mm-hmm. long time. Um And it's, yeah, it's just been in the last half a year that I've really sat down and looked at all of these quote unquote self-care things, uh, shopping, right. Buying new clothes, Mm -hmm. getting fancy makeup, getting a new haircut, eating desserts, going out for a bunch of drinks, like all of those things that seem glitzy and indulgent are glitzy and indulgent, but they don't heal us. Mm -hmm. Like glitz does not equate to feeling good. And that's gotten lost.
0: I think as soon as we handed over the self-care narrative to influencers and Instagrammers who are most likely brand ambassadors, instead of handing over that narrative to people who are licensed to work in that space, that was really dangerous.
1: Yes, I would absolutely agree. Because it it took the emphasis out of... What can we do for ourselves? And it put the emphasis on what can these people do for us?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Right? Like, for me, one of the best self-care practices that I have personally found for myself is that I play a very shitty ukulele. Like, I am aggressively mediocre at it, and I have no plans of ever being anything other than that. But you enjoy it but I enjoy the hell out of it. Yeah. And it's like it's like one of the few areas of my life where I um, can do it quietly in my room and I don't always feel the need to have it validated by outside attention, right? Like you and I are both, both very intentionally visible women. And it's nice to remember that I can be quiet for me yeah. and feel good about it. Yeah. Like versus putting the bath bomb in my bath and feeling like I need to take a picture of my painted toenails by the faucet
0: so that people know I'm taking care of myself. Oh God, no one wants to see any of that uh, over here. <laughs> Nobody wants
1: to see that.
0: <laughs> Nobody wants to see that. Like,
1: instead they'd rather like, like see that fire in your eyes when you meet up with them for a drink that exists because you were quiet with your ukulele.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. Thank you. So I realized the clock is ticking. So, okay, I'm going to give us a hard one. Okay on a ticking clock let's solve work life balance <laughs> that's cute work life balance <laughs> what is that um yeah
1: i have no tips for this because i am actively in those trenches i uh actually this morning i my work wife my she's a graphic designer and i'm a copywriter so mm-hmm. we work together really intimately and I was venting to her about how overwhelmed I felt in my business and how I need to restructure my revenue model so that I could have more breathing room, how I always overbook myself, all of these things. And she kept trying to give me advice and I just kept shutting it down. And finally she was like, I'm so frustrated that you won't let me try to fix this because like you've been in this state of being overwhelmed and burnt out for years, yeah. literally years. This is my seventh year in business, and um, For me, it's hard because my self-worth is so very much tied to what I create Mm -hmm. and the attention that I get. Like my book is literally named, please validate my existence. And it's not a joke, right? Like it's funny, but it's not a joke. And I think as soon as I will be able, as soon as I am able to better feel my worth by nature of being a person who is alive versus a person who is I don't know producing. Mm-hmm. Then work life balance will hopefully follow. Um, I'm I'm hopeful for it. I think somewhere it exists. <laughs> I keep to find the on the person it. who has it. Yeah, yeah, I I but here's the thing, right? So like the second second month I was in my business years and years and years ago, I wrote probably my most viral medium post to date that said, yes, I'm a workaholic and no, I don't want to be lectured about it mm-hmm. um, because I am a workaholic, right? I'm that person where in the middle of the night, if I wake up and have an idea, I will haul my ass out of bed to go work on it. That's who I am. Yeah. I don't know that I necessarily need to be anybody different. Yep. I don't know that my work-life balance looks exactly the same as other people's. Um, my work is my passion. I am really fucking fortunate in that way, which also means that by default, my work is my hobby yes. as well as my work. And I find that and, that's where it's often the hardest. Yes, because I I do enjoy it. Like yesterday I got to design like stupid new client postcards, right? And I it was just, I was so excited. Like I... I love working on my business usually. Um yeah. except for when I don't and then the sky
0: feels like it's falling and then I'm like, Oh, I need work life balance. And that's the burnout. That's the That's the burnout. Yeah. yeah. But okay. um the other thing was it is your turn now to ask me whatever you want and you can make me as uncomfortable as you desire. Oh, perfect. Okay. Where are you the least satisfied in your life right now? Oh, it changes. I think I am the least satisfied in my life right now where it comes to my family, who is very likely going to listen to this, but this is all about being transparent, so here I go. There were dysfunctional elements in my family um, and elements of toxicity, and my mother was amazing so accomplished i mean i could give you the laundry list of all of the phenomenal things that she did on top of also being a phenomenal mother but like she was doing things before anyone else was doing things just dope right and then she died (laughs) yeah and so a lot of the dysfunction was held together i would say actually basically all of the dysfunction I, i did get enmeshed with her because i really cared about her but basically all of the dysfunction was managed by her by her subsuming herself and oftentimes her own personal goals mm. to manage this dysfunction. and It's like a full-time job on top of all of the other ones, yeah. And I did become enmeshed with her and stayed very close to her because she was sick, but also because she was my favorite human in the entire world. Yeah. And also because I would see people take advantage of her empathic elements and her caregiving and would stand up for her because it's hard to do that for yourself but it's easier to do that for other people when she died all of that dysfunction no longer had its manager and yeah it's like monkeys out of the barrel ma'am. yep and everyone (laughs) the assumption was that well and I I was her primary caregiver through all of her illness um and the assumption was, and I'd kind of been groomed all along, that basically when she left, there was a new job opening. Um, <sighs> the assumption being that I was going to be the surrogate mother, I was going to, well, this is how I feel and my therapist agrees, um, that I was going to be the surrogate mother and I was going to be the surrogate wife and I was going to do all of those things. Now, this is something that actually my mother talked about with me before she died. Because she's that dope, uh, and she <laughs> did not want this to happen to me. Sure, like do not let yourself fall into your trap. Live your life. Do not take over my job. Yeah. So I'm cr- so even. She was aware that she was doing it. Holy cannolis. Yes. Yeah. Wow. And I was told by her, as soon as I die, there is. I want you to go, and I want you to grab this bag, and I want you to take it out as soon as possible. This is for you, and I want you to grab it, and I want you to take it out of the location immediately. And it was all of her therapy records, all of her journals, basically all of the- Oh, that gives me the shivers. Holy shit. All of the do not let this happen to you. Yeah. Whoa. Which was really kind. What a gift. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. Because as all of these expectations were coming down on me real hard from my nuclear family, not from my extended family and not for my chosen family, but coming down real hard for my nuclear family, I had this to fall back on. But like this yeah. is something that is super in flux and I'm really dealing with because women are groomed to be caregivers. Yes. And I, ha- I don't know if I was inherently empathic or whether that was just kind of a lot of pressure turned me into that um but i go there and so i have terrible boundary issues and i was falling into this trap and if you're dealing with say narcissism or anything like that um you know the narrative of turn the other cheek it's, it's, you know, I get it. It's good. But there's also not everyone is driven by logic in the same way. There are some people whose logic I will never be able to understand. Some people's brains work differently. And if you're dealing with something toxic, the answer might be stop turning the other cheek. Stop taking it. Stop turning yourself into a pretzel and cognitive dissonancing how this is actually okay and excusing the other party. And just take a step to the goddamn right or left so that you stop being everyone's emotional punching bag. Yeah. And that sounds like, oh, you're just taking a step to the right or the left. With certain types of people, that is really, really hard because then they double down or will sometimes will triangulate or send flying. Oh, triangulation is the worst, man. And I'm in the middle of that one.
1: Oh, it's um, so stressful. Because you
0: want so desperately just to scream how right you are, but you know they're not listening. Like, and, you know you're right. And even if even if I said it, they wouldn't hear it. And realizing no. that, like, that it's not even worth the time of wasting your breath on it. Yes. Because it will fall on deaf, ear, deaf ears. Um, and that taking a step to the right or the left was actually going to double down on a lot of these habits because they would want to realign me where they wanted me Mm. and some things have been suggested to me going no contact limiting contact a lot of what you said at the beginning really resonated with me because I'm I'm like baby steps like you took the steps I'm like baby steps in the process of I just took a step to the to the right and be, and I'm being punished for it. Um, and there's projection and trying and, and all of those things. Oh, yeah. So oh, I'm yeah. trying to, I'm trying to navigate that and then simultaneously not feel guilty about it, which I would do of my own accord, but then I'm also being served a lot of guilt and abuse, <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. So I do like, know. <laughs> yeah. So right now that part of my life is in turmoil
1: man good job being in it like with this family stuff like you said it is all just these like little bite-sized baby steps that eventually build up because like you look at me I uh it took me two and a half years after I stopped talking with my mom to really separate from the rest of that family and I just terminated contact with the very last family member via Facebook message Mm -hmm. about four months ago where they kept reaching out for my address and under my therapist's advice I finally shut it down and said hey you won't be getting my address. Please only reach out if someone's in the hospital. Yeah. Um, so it, I mean, it's taken me five years to really feel like I have space for them. So I would say take it as slow
0: as you need to, as long as you're still advocating for yourself. Yes, and that's so, I think why I'm so. I think that's part of why I'm doing this project. Is I learn so much from other people. And it shows me what is possible. And when I hear about these things happening to other people, the anger and the ability to view it, um, I can view it with empathy, but also more scientifically, whereas looking yeah, at myself. Are cut off, right? You're just looking yeah, at the body. Exactly. It's, it's like a weird, like, other form of body dysmorphia. It's, it's like, like intentional
1: another... disassociation that, like, gives us distance to see almost. Yeah.
0: But when I read books about it or I hear other people's experiences and I'm like, no, that's wrong. No, you don't deserve that. And then all yeah. of a sudden I'm like, but wait a second. Something like those exact words were said to me. <laughs> and if I can say that was wrong to someone else, I need to learn to say, this is not okay. Yeah. So that's yeah. what I'm, I'm in the trenches on. Um, but you're in the trenches. And, and I'm here for the work. I am yeah, fucking here for the work and that's yeah, where yeah, when yeah. it comes to work-life balance I'm like I'm when it comes to this like I'm also going to be a workaholic about this and mm-hmm. there are no apologies there because that element of like being a workaholic on your boundaries I'm like that's fucking self-care oh yeah a hundred percent hundred percent but thank you
1: yeah, thanks for sharing. That's yeah. I uh I've been there and I know how frustrating and sometimes helpless that space can be. Um but the fact that you're just doing the work, man, I swear to God, that's literally all of it.
0: Right. But also Thank you for getting there, because now I know that there is a there there. there, there and hopefully there when there. I meet you there. <laughs> like you can high five me. Oh yeah. We're going to have all the wine, man. It's going to be great. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait. Like, and also I'm a Taurus, so I'm super food motivated. So I'm like, perfect.
1: (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) I mean goat cheese crostini. So we're
0: set. Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for your time. I'm so glad that Marcus introduced us Me too. I should (laughs) have known,
1: right? Like he's the best one. So he
0: really is. He really is. It all um, shakes out. Well, thank you for being you. I'm really grateful.
1: Thanks for doing this work, man. It was really nice to have a platform to talk about and process through some of this stuff with someone who uh, thinks about it like I do. Awesome. <laughs> Unlike I do, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was lovely. Thank you so much. I'll be thinking about it for the next couple of days. Thank you. If you guys want to learn kind of more about where I've been and where I'm headed and see the picture of the giant eggplant emoji that I just sculpted for a sex shop, uh, you can absolutely find me either on Amazon. My book is called Please Validate My Existence. Uh, You can find me on Instagram. It's just at Jess Manuzak, M-A-N-U-S-Z-A-K. And that's my handle across the interwebs. So dive in and let's get real weird.